Greetings, beautiful people, and welcome to Queen's Stand Up Support Network Radio. Our purpose and intention is to create a non-judgment zone of support for the leaders and those working to be the change they want to see, where we increase our awareness regarding the experiences that manifest as we navigate through this adventure we call life. Increasing awareness allows us the opportunity to choose to align with the actions necessary to manifest the desired change. You give all of you every day working to live on purpose, and now we intend to give back to you by empowering you to tune into your souls. Let us pray. Almighty divine creator, as we grow from strength to strength, we give thanks for this day and the opportunity to expand our vibration as infinite choice makers. Thank you for showing us the way of healing. We are open to receive as we continue to align ourselves with peace. May our homes and hearts be forever filled and surrounded with happiness, healthiness, love, and forgiveness as we live in the present moment, our most powerful point of being. In the name of the Father, the mother, and the child. Amen, mut, kanshu. Ashe. So let it be. Is carried out in our 
in our everyday actions. As Michael Jackson stated, we must start with the man or the woman in the mirror. Our guest host, author, speaker, and certified counselor, Jamie Kirkbride, is excited to share with us all how this idea manifests in her life daily. If you would like to join the discussion, dial into 929-477-2476 and press 1 to indicate that you would like to join the discussion. Welcome, Jamie. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm absolutely amazing. I'm Yeah, enjoying the day. Yes, me mm. too. And thank you so much for having me join you today. Awesome. Where are you calling from, Jamie? I am calling from Wyoming in the middle of nowhere. Wyoming, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful it's a beautiful place to raise seven kids. I'll tell you that. <laughs> wow, seven kids. Yes. Wow, that's a beautiful family. Nice, big, beautiful <laughs> family. Yeah, I'm sure it's pretty busy over there at your place. <laughs> that's right. It's a blessing. I say parenting seven has been one of the biggest challenges of my life and the greatest joys mm-hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so tell us about it. Tell us um, what's been um, the biggest challenge that you've overcome with raising the seven. You bet. You know, I have always wanted to be a mother. It's what I had dreamed about from the time I was just tiny. And so once you become a mom, it's hard to feel like, you know, you what where where do I go now? What next? You know, and, and mm-hmm. you get busy in the activities and the tasks of mothering. And I think one of the challenges I have felt is how do I keep my spirit alive? How do I keep my dreams alive? Because honestly, a mom whose dreams are alive and whose passions are alive and real is one that can mother better. And I think a lot of times we get that backwards and we think it's selfish to have those dreams or to have those goals or or purposes for ourselves as individuals. And then I think it's easy for us to kind of grow stagnant and maybe a bit lifeless. And so I went through some bouts of depression that were really difficult. And in order to overcome those, I really needed to get in touch with some of my, you know, what was the purpose for which I was created? What are the passions and what are the talents or skills that I've been gifted with that are included in mothering, but also go beyond that? Mm, I love that. And how has that um, what message does that send to your kids when you um, don't pursue your passions and you don't think about yourself? Like, doesn't it send a message to them? I think it does. I, I think, you know, it's easy for us to tell our kids, you know, dream big or think about your goals or you can do anything. But those are simply words if we're not willing to model that and live that in our own lives. And I think there's so much for them to gain by watching that process in our lives. You know, one of my big Mm -hmm. dreams for 10 years was to attend the National Publicity Summit, and that's where I met you. (laughs) Yes. That had been on my radar, seriously, for 10 years. And, you know, I I didn't know or I I couldn't foresee how I was ever, as a mom of seven, going to get days away Um, in New York, you know, how is that ever going to happen? How are we ever going to have the money, the time, the resources? You know, it felt like a big, impossible dream. 
but it was something that my kids could watch me work toward. They could watch me talk about it. And I think in mm. so many ways there's value in that. You know, when, when we take time to dream or find our passions, we're learning more about ourselves and our natural talents. When we take time to dream or know our passions, it fuels our soul when life feels challenging or discouraging. I think dreaming and having that purpose or that passion is part of our lifelong learning and growing and experiencing. And I think that, you know, when we dream and we're keyed in on our purpose, it helps us see beyond the parenting years. You know, we're going to parent for a good season in life, but it's not the same kind of time and effort and emotional input as it is in those early years. And so we do need something beyond that. But I think the greatest thing is that our dreams and our purposes or our passions help become an inspiration to our children. You know, they see us want something and they see it it come to life. They see the hard work that it took. Sometimes they see our disappointments or things that flop, but they see us regroup and not lose hope in dreaming. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that so much. Um, it sounds like, you know, we, we're, all, we're teaching them also balance, you know, when we are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important because I hear a lot of people, um, and myself included, a lot of moms um, who have given all to their kids. They've pursued some of their passions too. You know, I mean, they've done some things to to help um, keep the family going, right? Sometimes they do what they have to do, you know, to make ends meet, which is really important as well. Uh, But then they also have these little things, like you're saying, in the back of their mind that they wish that they could do also. Um, And I see a lot of them and hear a lot of them after the kids are raised and they're gone off, having a little bit of regret and then also being in a, um, a habit loop of fatigue and 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 um codependency also like not caring for themselves more caring for other people and that can be exhausting and um depleting that is very true very true you know i I see that even in moms that come in for counseling and you know moms with great hearts that have invested 110% in mothering, which is great, and it's Mm -hmm. admirable. But I I think Mm -hmm. we can't stand to let that part of our soul die for what we were created for, for our purpose. And while mothering is a part of that, it it goes beyond that. You know, um, Mm -hmm. I I would Mm -hmm. say most of us believe we were created with a purpose, and our purpose doesn't stop when we're done mothering. Our purpose goes on. And, you know, for some years while our kids are home, we may need to focus or balance those purposes or those passions differently. But I don't think that we have to just, you know, plain sit on those dreams or those passions or purposes, or we don't have to bury them. And and we certainly don't need to lose the capacity to dream or to, you know, look or pursue our purposes. And I think it's so important that when we put the energy into pursuing those and focusing on those, even in small ways, it does keep our spirits alive. And a mom whose spirit is alive can invest at a whole different level in mothering. You know, we can help meet the needs of our children better when our spirits are refreshed. You know, we can teach them when we're modeling how to live with positivity and how to live with joy. And and when we're keyed into our purpose, we can be naturally, authentically joyful. 
absolutely we can. And then that, that does transfer to them. So um, they get the benefit of it as well. When we offer, there there are many different models of motherhood that we, you know, right. There's not just one model. and, And I think it's important, you know, that you define motherhood as it speaks to you and you give the real to your kids in relationship to what you want to bring um, to the world and um, as a mother. Uh, I think I, everybody I also... has been gifted differently and that, the way you're gifted in mothering may affect how your mothering situation plays out. You know, for some moms they find, you know, it's a, it, it may be a, a poor fit for them to be at home all the time. You know, maybe they find that they struggle feeling isolated and, and they need to be out and doing other things in addition to mothering. Others find that they feel, you know, expended and they they can't have the balance they want for their kids and they need to be in the home more. I think it's so important that, you know, we allow that individuality and we allow moms and families to form what works for them, what allows them to be at their best and for what they were created to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Because in speaking with being the message for the next generation, um, we're we're talking about, you know, being the example, right? Because that's really the most effective way to teach is by showing people, you know, how to do it. And, you know, there's a saying that those who can't do, they teach. (laughs) Right, Um, right. And, and, um, and you can you can definitely see the difference between who those who don't do but just teach and talk about it and um I think I've been I've been on both ends of that um have right. you have you been on both ends trying to just teach your kids and then well yes you, you you've definitely been on the side of pursuing your dream you know more recently um what what what's the most noticeable difference that you have um discovered as a result of being on both ends, you know, doing the teaching and then doing the pursuing and showing what's been the result with your kids. I think it's important that my kids Mm -hmm. have seen me work through, you know, what happens when I am actively pursuing a dream? How does that become a goal or how does that become motivation? When we're not pursuing that, you know, maybe we're just talking about it and we're not really making things happen we can get discouraged easily. I think that we can face the obstacles of dreams or passions or purposes. And when we hit those obstacles, if we're just talking about it, we lose our gumption, we lose our our momentum, and we just, you know, kind of fall short and give up. And, I mean, there's many obstacles to, to looking at our dreams or living out our dreams. You know, it might be fear. It might be fear of others' judgments or falling short or, um, sometimes I think we're even afraid to express what it is we want. And I think that for kids, oftentimes that's where their fear starts with dreaming. You know, is it okay to, to say that I want this or do I look bad if I don't make this happen or if I don't get this, you know? And I know as an adult that's been a big one for me. You know, it, it takes some courage to state what it is that you're dreaming about or or what you feel your purpose or passion might be. You know, what if people judge that to be crazy or silly or meaningless? And it, it is scary, but I think when they see us start to boldly and courageously talk about what it is that, that we really have a passion for and, and what we want to pursue, they, in turn, 
learn to speak that way and they learn to live that way and they don't become easily discouraged when things don't go the way that maybe they had hoped you know i think there's just this fun little game that our family even plays where we talk about you know if you could have lunch with any three people in the whole world who would it be (laughs) and i think this is one of the simplest ways that we start the dreaming dialogue and so for a long time, I would say, well, I, I would love to have, have lunch or dinner with Princess Diana, with Florence Lidauer, and Kathy Lee Gifford. Well, obviously, you know, I lost the chance to ever meet Princess Diana, but she will be forever special to me. Florence Lidauer wrote a book that meant the world to me. I mean, it just really resonated with me, and it was about personalities. I was eventually able to go and not just meet her and not just eat with her, but was trained by her in the personalities so they've been able to see in both of those you know sometimes dreams kind of become an impossibility but in other ways our dreams manifest into something very special and and life-changing absolutely absolutely i love that i love what you said in relationship to you know you teach your kids resiliency you know and how like different characteristics um consistency you you teach them how to um you know continue to pursue uh even if they face obstacles when you're doing it so you teach them in real time you know some important characteristics that you need to have when you are pursuing your dream and some of those things are not as easily said so since we know what we do really does matter right what are some suggestions on um, so the dreaming was one of them. What are some other suggestions you can offer uh, if someone wants to build more value into their lives to help positively impact the next generation? You bet. I think dreaming is the first piece of that. I think second of all is really looking at our own thought life. Our thoughts so affect our health. It affects our behavior. It affects the way we speak. And I think that it's a greater driver for our lives than we really really can even imagine. So I think getting that healthy and positive thought life going. I think self-care is really important. I think keeping ourselves in a place where we can be effective and we can be productive, we can have influence on other people and have it be a healthy influence. You know, someone who is exhausted is probably still going to have an influence on the people they're with. It just may not be a positive influence. And so I think really keying into, you know, keeping ourselves refreshed, keeping ourselves healthy, keeping ourselves keyed into being joyful. You know, joy is kind of a wellspring of life. <laughs> and, I, you know, finding, you know, if, if we connect with faith, that, you know, if that's something that, that keeps us centered, that keeps us, you know, finding our joy day in and day out, that we find time to make those things matter. You know, for me, I know that it's important that I have my devotion time every day. I know that it it keeps me on course. It keeps me focused. It gives me the encouragement I need when my soul feels discouraged. It keeps me finding that balance and that joy. And, And I know for me, joy is one of those words that just resonates with me. You know, at the start of the year, I encouraged all of my patients and even wrote a blog post about, you know, find your word for the year. And while it sounds so simple, it's so powerful because that one word can kind of bring us back to 
center and say, oh, yeah, this is what was really going to matter to me. And is this decision contributing to this or is it detracting from that? You know, is this belief playing into the truth of, of what this is about for me this year or is it a distraction? And so I think those are some other things that are really important as we help be the voice of the next generation that we model mm-hmm. for them these things that carry such power. Mm-hmm. I love that. I also use the one word um, concept as well. What's your one word for the year? Inspire. And I had to carry over joy from last year because I just, I honestly didn't feel like I was done. So I had to kind of cheat and do inspire joy. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. Inspire joy. That's perfect. And how do you inspire joy? Oh, you know, I, I hope that I can inspire joy by my perspective. I think the way we live out our perspective on life can affect people that are in our close proximity as well as people that we may reach and extend and main you know kind of the ripple effect and I hope that I can inspire joy by offering encouragement and support and just being a listening ear keeping my perspective in check that even when things get tough I don't lose sight of what really matters mm, I love that listening ear is so important like we really I've been discovering the um, the magic in just listening and just holding the space and listening. Uh, it's such a healing tool to just give someone the opportunity to even, you're giving them the opportunity to listen to themselves too. If you're really doing it active, you know, if you're doing an active listening, what do you think about that, Jamie? Right. I think listening is so important. I think sometimes we get in the habit of being so prepared for what we're going to say next that we lose the value of really hearing what's being said. And I think mm-hmm. that in, in becoming purposeful, we have to slow that down and really take in, you know, what are people saying to us? Do we really hear it? Do we do we hear not only what's being said, but maybe what's behind that? You know, is there something between the lines that maybe is as meaningful as the words that are coming out? And I think when we slow down and we really listen, our relationships hit a whole new level. You know, whether it's with mm-hmm. a spouse, whether it's with a friend, especially with our children. You know, oftentimes their behavior speaks to us but it may be speaking something very different than what's behind it. And I think that's one of the things I I love to encourage moms more than anything is to stop and really listen for what it is that your child is trying to communicate to you. And I think when we're wanting to be that voice for the next generation, helping them find that focus and understand the true value of listening is key. Absolutely. I think listening is so empowering. I think it it, it it gives, it helps people to see that they really do have the answers within them. Um, it helps them to also process, you know, to really process what they're experiencing um, and trust their own intuition. So it's, it's a good tool to just give someone, because a lot of times, we are so, um, we're constantly entertaining ourselves, right? Not wanting to sit and, and hear ourselves, really kind of scared of our feelings. 
um, some, you know, scared of what's going to come up, you know, scared of the thoughts. And so we're constantly entertaining ourselves to drown out the voice, to drown out what it is and tune out what we're feeling um, because of what's going to come up. But that's really the only way that we can heal and stop passing um, certain behaviors and stuff onto the next generation is if we take the time and connect with what we've experienced and, and listening really helps to do that. Right. Absolutely. It is key as what, a parent, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. What creates the power of influence a person has over affecting change? You know, I think honestly, being authentic, being real, um, maybe even just being transparent and in the end that we be or choose to be genuinely positive, purposeful, and even passionate in what it is that we're pursuing. You know, it's so easy. You know, nowadays you can get on on social media and it looks like everything for everybody is going grand. But we oftentimes feel like we're outside of that. And I know, you know, the last couple months for us has been super tough. And I kind of turn radio silent on social media when things are tough. And I think that's kind of the trend for everybody, which is why we don't realize other people are having tough times too. But I think, mm. you know, the other day I, I, I just posted something that was like, hey, you know, the last couple of months have been rough, and, you know, this is some of what we're going through. But through the course of this, I've been touched by people that care, people that ask, people that extend, you know, a care, a prayer, whatever it is. And it was amazing people's response to that and just saying, well, thank you for being so transparent. Thank you for sharing that life is tough for you too. And and I think that is why we can have more influence when we're just willing to take off any facade that pushes people away or causes them to feel like they can't connect or, or that you wouldn't understand. And instead we just be transparent and real with who we are and where we're at and where we're going to choose to be. And sometimes I think where we are and where we're going to choose to be are different. And I think it's okay to communicate that. You know, you may say right now, I'm really, I'm really discouraged. I'm really um, just kind of in despair over some things that have happened, but I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to end up there. And I think you know, even that can be powerful for people to hear. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that life, you know, is tough for us all, um, you know, and it's, I think it, it can be tough for us all. You know, it, it challenge, cha- it's meant to challenge us, you know, um, and so it's meant to help us to grow, uh, more accurately said. And through our growth, growing sometimes poses challenges. And I think that when we are real with ourselves and with other people, we help them to see the process of how, of resiliency, of, you know, how people continue to, um, through and get over obstacles. I think that's really important for people to see. Um, but, you know, I'm with you in terms of, most people don't post that kind of stuff on social media and rightfully so because it's, social media is not a, always a safe place to do that kind of stuff. Exactly. You, know, because you don't always know the judgment you're going to get when you do it. Yeah. So it makes sense yeah. why it's that way. But I can't tell yeah. you how many times social media is brought into my counseling office. And mm. I mean, people's lives are being twisted by it. 
and yet what's posted isn't always reality. It isn't always the authentic truth. And so I think it's so important that as we, you know, as we live life out, you know, as we deal with our children, as we deal with the, you know, being the voice of the next generation, that we learn to be very authentic and transparent and say, you know what, it is a struggle, but I'm going to get through this. Or I don't know how to do this yet, but I'm going to figure it out. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, even the way we talk and the way we um, voice the struggle can move us closer to our end, to, closer to our goal, closer to what it is that we're hoping for. And we don't have to be stuck. And I think that when we're able to be authentic in that way, it removes kind of this wall between us and others, and it opens up this opportunity of influence where people say, wow, you know what, I never knew that they could identify with that, or I never knew they'd been through something similar, or I had no idea she, she would share this, this same struggle with me. And we can then approach people, and people can approach us. And, and then again, the value of listening opens up the second opportunity you know one leads to the mm-hmm. other and and it is an enriching experience for everyone involved in the end absolutely i totally agree with you in terms of you know it's a good idea to to put out there on you know social media um the different tools that are available and the different challenges that we all face because the of this without actually having to go into so much detail about your own um you know your personal stuff unless that's what you want to do i'm not deterring anyone from doing that but i'm just saying like there's a way to find a balance in both of that but i think it's important like you said because a lot of the youth are on social media like that's where they go to to you know get information so you know, it's also important to show them the real on there, being that that's where they're going to get information. You know, absolutely, and, to, to and I and I think yeah. absolutely, and I think like you said, that balance is so important. You know, teens may also learn the hard way what it's like when you air too much on social media and opening themselves yeah. up to to maybe the judgments of people that aren't safe people to share that much with. So I I agree that balance is important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are people we want to share it all with. There are people we want to share some of it with, and unfortunately, there are people we don't want to share any of it with. And I think you know those are important boundaries that we also teach our children in in being authentic and real. There, are, you know, you can be authentic and real in safe ways. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So you know. Uh, because we do see the youth out there, they're trying to live up to live. Some of them are trying to live up to a standard that's not realistic. You know, they, they idolize different stars and, and different people because they see them living this glamorous life. They don't really um, see, you know, the what's going on behind the scenes. And that can be a little dangerous, too. So I think it's important that we keep it real with them and that we let them know, like, Social media is where people live out their fantasies. A lot of times they live out their right. and they, they paint the picture that they want um, people to see and that there's nothing really wrong with that. But also, you know, knowing that we all, you know, have um, go through different growth processes and that you, you see the end result, but, you know, you also want to understand that there are levels 
and layers and steps to, that people go through to get to certain points and re- achieve certain goals in their lives. Right. So, absolutely. Um, I want to take a little break, and um, we want to listen to Miss Sandra's Moment of Power, and then we're going to come back, talk about it a little bit, and then answer, um, ask a few more questions as well. Okay, Jamie? Sure, you bet. Awesome. Um, if you are out there and you'd like to join the discussion, feel free to dial in to 929-477-2476 and press 1 to indicate that you have a question or a comment. Y'all know what time it is. Get ready for Miss Sandra's moment of power. Mama's on. She's chopping them jewels. Mama's on. Better listen up than you'll grow. Good morning, queens and kings. Being the message for the next generation. As we grow and become parents, most of us want to leave a blueprint for our children that they can follow that won't be too challenging for them. But at the end of the day, each child has to walk in their own path and live life through a clear lens. The lens is clear at birth, but gets cloudy as we begin to explore while on this journey called life. It will take us as a people sometimes to grow and sift through what is good and what is toxic as a message for the next generation. Watching and listening to children grow and change is a blessing. Knowing when and what to say is different for each child in this and the next generation. We don't always know what to say or do, but that inner being tells you what is right. There is a light that shines in each one of us, and with time, maturity, and wisdom, whatever your message is will show itself at the appointed time. Life is a journey, not a race. So let us be careful what we are showing those who are watching. Love Peace and joy should be out in the front of every day. Unconditional love is what God shows us each and every day. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. James 1, 2, be blessed and happy Sunday to all. Thank you, Mom, for that message. Um, I think uh, what I got from that, too, you know, she mentioned being careful about, you know, what we share and um, that can be really difficult to do because kids are so receptive. They pay so attention. They pay attention to everything and they feel so much. So when we can't be, you know, super careful because, you know, they're, they're around and I I can only imagine in your household what it must've been like. You have seven, someone is always going to be around, you know, and so in order to be authentic, and um, careful, you know, there's, there's a fine balance. Um, <clears throat> I'm thinking that, you know, communication is important when you, when, you know, when kids are privy to seeing things that maybe they shouldn't have seen or maybe shouldn't have heard or maybe could be confusing, that we have um, authentic communications with them to, to help them process the information. What are your thoughts about that, Jamie? Absolutely. I think that is so important. And and you're right, in a home with seven children, that is a challenge. And I think one of the things that we have had to learn to be good about is going back and questioning later. Um, You know, I I was a bit frustrated this morning, and I used a tone of voice I wasn't proud of. 
um, would you forgive me for talking that way? You know, learning the art of apologies is important. I think it, it's important both that our children see how we handle, um, say, disagreements, but how we also make things right following a disagreement. You know, my husband and I really try not to argue in front of our kids. I, I wish we could say we were perfect at that, but we're not. <laughs> and so when that has happened, we go back to it. And, you know, we make our apologies to each other, but we apologize to the kids. You know, Dad and I should have, have discussed this, you know, quietly in our room instead of being, you know, upset about it or, you know, raising our voice or whatever. You know, that's something we should have handled differently. Would you forgive us? You know, if there's something that maybe um, they're sensing, you know, kids are so perceptive to even just the yeah. mood in the room. And a lot yeah. of times, you know, we have found that we could be talking about something even outside of our relationship. Say it's a frustration with something either of us have faced in the day. And all of a sudden you can just kind of see this look on the kids' faces where they're maybe a little bit confused or, you know, maybe a little bit distraught. And just noticing that and saying, oh, wait a minute, you know, we're talking about something that felt kind of intense or discouraging that happened today, but this isn't between us. You know, I, I feel some emotion about this, but I'm not angry or I'm not upset. You know, I'm, I'm just needing to talk this out with Dad or Dad's just needing to talk this out with me, but we're not upset with each other. And I think that communication is absolutely important. I totally agree. I agree. Like, we, um, the, the idea of apologizing and just, um, you know, being real is, is to right. me, like, I think that's the most effective thing because otherwise, you know, you, you paint this picture that's like, it's, it's not, it, it can leave, be very confusing. And so we have to really, instead of trying to hide life, just take more time to, um, to dialogue about it and because otherwise kids are telling their own story in their head of what's going on right. and that can right. be dangerous. That's very true. You know, I was surprised one day when I had, it was, you know, several years ago, one of our little ones had done something that involved um, being jealous and kind of acting out toward a sibling, um, trying to, to get back at them. And, and so I sat down with him and I said, you know, um, you know, being jealous is something that you're going to feel even when you're adult. Did you know that even mom feels jealous sometimes? And they looked at me with these eyes that were like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I said, you know, this is a situation that sometimes I feel jealous about. And I told them, you know, kind of a story about it. And they were blown away, number one, that, well, mom mom feels jealous. Like, we, we didn't think mom did that. Second of all, they honest, honestly looked at me and said, you do things wrong too? And I said, well, of course I do. Just because you're a mom doesn't mean you get it right. You know, you see me when I get frustrated. You see me when maybe I don't have a willing heart. You know, I do things wrong too. And it's just, you know, how we choose to make it right. And so you're going to be an adult someday and you're going to make some of these same mistakes. You're young now and you're making these mistakes now. Let's just learn together. And I think it opened up a whole new path. Now I have to tell you, they also kept bringing up the situation that I shared being jealous with. <laughs> and of course, that was quite humbling. <laughs> but again, I think it's another one of those areas where we model for them and they learn. And they're going to learn more from seeing, you know, how we regroup when maybe we mess up than if we present it as though I've got this all all down perfectly. 
I agree because, you know, you, you're helping them to, you're relieving the burden of um, maybe some unpleasant feelings that they have, you know, because you're, 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 you're helping them to not be ashamed of, you know, unwanted feelings because we all have those, those thoughts, you know, or some thoughts, some of the same thoughts, maybe not all this exactly, you know, we maybe not we're not all as angry or as jealous or whatever have you, but there right. are, there are characteristics that show up in different areas. We may not be aware of right. of you know some of the feelings that we have, but I do think it's important that the conversation is had so that they know how to redirect that to, to just accept themselves, however they are, you know. Right. Um, and that's one because, thing we really yeah, try ahead. to focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, that's one thing mm-hmm. we really try to focus. You know, you've you've talked a lot about accepting them just as they are. You know, accepting their individuality and uniqueness is so mm-hmm. key because the way you listen for one child, the way you model for one child, the way you communicate with one child can be totally different than how you do it for the next one and the next one mm. and the next one. And I think that that's why it's so important that we learn the flexibility but also the comfort in doing it different ways because that meets the unique and individual needs of each child. And in that way, we can can be a more effective voice for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, that's a great um, point that you make, you know, being more effective through your modeling, you know. Um, I think you get more respect. Um, you will have to deal with the fact that, you know, now they know. And so, like you said, that can be humbling to you right. because they're gonna, they, they may bring it up to you, you know, quite often. But I right. think as an adult, you can say, yeah, um, but what makes me, um, you know, really shine in this area is that I was able to reconcile these feelings. I was able to, I, I, I took the time to assess how I was feeling and to hold myself accountable you know, and right. so that's what makes me really shine in this area. Um, so, you know, there's always that. And I and think they so, learn how we correct mm-hmm. our thoughts, too. Yes, you know, maybe I was jealous in this situation, but this is what I decided to do with it. I decided to say to myself, you know what, I'm glad she has that. She deserves that in her life. And, I, you know, I think that corrective language or, you know, that reframing is a, is a key thing for them to learn, and I think they learn yeah. that best, like you've said, through modeling. You know, it's one thing to feel a strong emotion. It's another to have somebody walk you through, when you have that strong emotion, what does it look like in the end? You know, am I, do I still have that in the end, or has it changed into something else? Mm, absolutely. It takes a lot of courage to, to, to self-examine you know, and to um, apologize, you know, or to make, to make things right, to make amends. It's, it's really humbling. Uh, it, it definitely it takes so much courage. And they need to see that. They need to be, learn how. That, I think that's one of the most, um, well, when I see with teens, like that's one of the most important characteristics that they need to learn is how to, um, to make amends, you know, to recognize behavior that wasn't favorable for them 
you know, and their well-being and for them to be able to go back and sit and say, you know what, I messed up with that. I see a lot of kids that don't want to do that. They don't, you know, they want to be too tough and I didn't do anything wrong and, you know, I'm not apologizing or, you know, and that can be a very um, dangerous place to be in. You know, a lot of adults live in that place. And I think that's um, the accepting responsibility. And, yes. and accepting responsibility does take great courage. You know, it's the yeah. ability to say I was wrong or or I did it in a way I was not proud of, but this is what I would do next time. You know, we really try to focus on that with our kids, you know, even in making your apologies. You know, what is it that you did wrong? What is it that you're going to do different next time? And I know even with our teenagers, you know, we'll say, you know, this is what happened and you know there's going to be a consequence. You know, what do you what do you feel would be an appropriate consequence? You know, how can you make this situation right? And I think it causes them to think at what levels they were irresponsible or, you know, who all was affected and how can you make it right? And so I think, you know, from the young ages, we model that with our own behavior. You know, um, gosh, I messed up and I really need to apologize. I'm so sorry I talked that way to you. You know, next time, I'm going to work really hard to keep my voice quieter or to keep my words kinder. You know, we model that language for them, and that shows them what taking responsibility looks like. It looks feels like. like. Yeah. yeah. And what it feels like. Doesn't it feel good when you're across from somebody that you feel really gets what they did wrong? You know, it, it makes you not quite so angry or makes it not so important for you to keep discussing it if you feel like they get it they understand how it affected me yes absolutely amazing so um as a leader how do you lead but stay grounded in showing others to follow their own intuition and and be okay with creating a new path for themselves You know, I think that comes a lot in focus and balance. And I think those are two key things because it helps me stay the course for where I'm at in trying to pursue, you know, the purpose for which I was created and also the ability to encourage others in what their path might be. And it can look very different. So I think learning to have a genuine interest in how other people's paths may differ, having the, the ability to maybe be a healthy accountability between each other. Mm. You know, if if you know what my journey is and I know what your journey is, how can we encourage each other in that? How can we check in on that and say, hey, how's it going? You know, I don't know this was something you wanted to pursue. You know, how's it working out for you? Or is there some way I could help support you in that or care about that? And so I think sometimes even just asking about it with people makes them feel like what they're pursuing has value. And I think you know, taking the time to invest in others. I think that we live such busy lives nowadays that it's easy to just kind of keep it surface with other people. And I think supporting or encouraging other people in their paths takes investing at a deeper level than just the superficial stuff. I love it. Beautifully said. Um, As we're coming to a close, can you tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do um, as a counselor um, and even share with us about your book. Sure, you bet. Actually, I have, within the last year and a half, started Parenting with Personality, and I have an online parenting course, 
Um, it's 11 modules, and it is geared on helping learn the language of your child's heart and understanding their personalities and how that plays out in friendships and sibling relationships and school, in discipline, in family life, helping them understand their strengths, their struggles, their emotional needs. And um, it's just kind of a at your own pace because I know sometimes moms need something in short increments and something they can do in the middle of the night <laughs> if that's the only mm -hmm. time they can find. So I have this parenting course I do. Um, I work in Cheyenne as a counselor and families and children there. I try to post a blog weekly that has um, not only the blog article but a free resource. I also try to keep an active um, online presence both through means like Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, the blog article that comes out, and I try to, to really ch connect with parents in order to help them maximize joy in their parenting journey. Um, again, that joy word is just so important to me. <laughs> and mm. so um, one of those things that I can do through that is, is offering, you know, education, support, and most of all, my inspiration, um, just really inspiring parents to find new ways, to find positive ways, to um, keep perspective in the challenges and joys of parenting. And, and the book that you mentioned is called The Yuzu, and it is a children's personality assessment, and it takes the story of four little monkeys through the course of their day. And so it's an interactive um, resource. You sit down and you read a portion of this book with the child, and the child chooses which monkey they are most like. And through doing that, it helps you assess what their personality is because each of the different monkeys is a personality. And then at the wow. end, there's, you know, some different resources to help you um, observe your child, um, to understand your own personality, and some parenting tips on how your personality and your child's personality may or may not play so well together, <laughs> and just mm -hmm. kind of give some tips and resources for parents. So that is available both on my website, parentingwithpersonality.com, and it is also available on Amazon. Again, that's called the Yuzu. Oh wow! I love I love all that you just mentioned. The online parenting course, course, um, the Yuzu. Um, that sounds amazing. That sounds like an amazing tool. Well, um, it has been exciting. I get to speak to a lot of moms about it, and you just see mm -hmm. lights come on as moms say, "Wow, now it makes sense." You know, like what I do with mm -hmm. one child flops with another. So. It, is, it has been great to get it into the hands of moms. Wow. So can you tell us a little bit more before we go about the online parenting course? Sure. It is, it is um, actually done on the Teachable platform. And okay. if you go to parentingwithpersonality.com slash learn, mm -hmm. um, it will go into great detail about each of the modules. Um, we basically okay. break it down, and there's four different personality types for children. Uh, we're usually a combination of two, but I talk about each one individually, talking about what is that personality's strengths, what are some potential struggles you might see in that personality. Um, each child is motivated by certain emotional needs, and so they may act out in certain ways. They may 
um, express certain emotions different ways. And so when we understand those emotional needs, it is so important because it helps us, you know, figure out how do we communicate with them? How do we express our love to them? You know, the way two children hear love can be very different. Um, Those are such important ways that we really connect and interact with them because it helps us relate in a totally different way. So if you take part in the online parenting course, you can get on there and you can watch a short, you know, seven to ten minute video clip. And then there's a workbook that goes along with it. And then you do the exercises that go with that module and then move into the next ones that kind of build on each other, uh, covering all four of the personalities, covering parent personalities, covering the different areas of a child's life. You know, what might this personality look like in learning? What might this personality struggle with in sibling relationships? Um, How might you most effectively parent this personality in a child? And so I just really try to break that down so that parents can get a glimpse into each personality and all of those different areas of their life. Wow, it sounds amazing. And where, again, can we go to find that? At parentingwithpersonality.com slash learn. And when you go under the Learn tab, there will be all sorts of information on that course. You'll also find the blog there, um, parentingwithpersonality.com slash blog. In that blog, um, I post a new article every week, and each week there is a free parenting resource. It might be a discussion starter. It might be an infographic. It might be an activity to do with your child. Um, It might be a tip sheet. But each week I try to provide a free resource there, um, and you can sign up or subscribe to that and get access to the free parenting resource library at parentingwithpersonality.com. Fabulous. As we come to a close, what are some key takeaway points you'd like to leave our audience with today? Oh, man, there's just so many things. If I can encapsulate what I would want people to walk away with today is the importance of living out your dreams and modeling them and that it's not a selfish concept, but that if we're going to be the voice for the next generation, we can truly motivate them by being healthy and pursuing the purposes for which we were created. And in doing that, we can help them learn to live out the purpose for which they were created. I love that so much. And some of the points that I got from you today with what that actually looks like is you said, you know, dreaming, um, sharing about what your dreams are, monitoring how you're thinking, you know, just taking time to care for your mental health, engaging in self-care techniques on a consistent basis, you know, because they're seeing that. And then having daily devotion time, um, being authentic, uh, taking responsibility, you know, for your, your growth opportunities, you know, and really modeling the behavior of, um, taking responsibility and all of these other aspects that we just talked about, these other concepts we just talked about. Showing genuine interest is something that you mentioned as well in what they are doing. And, um, you know, you mentioned that on so many, in, you know, in such detail today. And I love that also in terms of leadership and giving people the space to create a new path. 
Yeah, that that was really huge for me today. So I really want to thank you for taking the time to connect with us today, Jamie. And um, you really added value to our show and helped us to really get clear on how we can be the message for the next generation. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a joy. (laughs) Yes, you're welcome. Be well. All of you who are out there listening in our community, thank you for taking the time to connect with our show today. And um, feel free to visit us at queenstandup.com to listen to the replays. Until next time, and always, be well. Today's show was such a blessing. Join us next Sunday, May 12th at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we discuss balancing entrepreneurship and full-time employment. Our guest host will be Tamara Quillman. To learn more about Tamara, visit her website at www.tamqenterprises.com. Until next time, and always, beautiful people, be blessed and queens, stand up.